All right, good morning. My name is Dwayne Spearman, and this is Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Uh, today is uh, September the 30th, and uh, we are still working our way through the book of Acts. Uh, we are down into chapter number 20. Last time we were together, um, we did session 33, and um, we uh, covered uh, verses, chapters 19 through 36, and 20 through 28. <clears throat> so again, if you go to uh, DwayneSpearman.org, you can find uh, the written studies, and then also the audio studies are there. Uh, if you go over, and of course those will take you to SoundCloud. And then we also have the video studies, uh, which is uh, on YouTube. So um, you can find all of that there. So uh, uh, so today what we're going to do <coughs> is uh, <coughs> go ahead and pick up in verse 29 of Acts chapter number 20. And uh, I appreciate the prayers. I don't know what happened the other day. I just was not feeling well, could not sleep at all, did not sleep <laughs> hardly at all. So, but anyways, I'm feeling much better now. So thank you very much uh, for those who uh, offered up prayers for me. Thank you. Um, so we are in Acts chapter number 20. Um, and again, Paul just finished talking to the Ephesian elders. Uh, he called them all together and, um, you know, Talked about his ministry among them, how it was with tears um, and afflictions, and and uh, he said that he's got to go to Jerusalem. Uh, we know he's trying to get to Jerusalem, um, and he said he knows that afflictions and bonds abide me, await me there. And then verse twenty four, he said, "But none of these things move me; neither count I my count I my life dear unto myself. Why that I might finish my course with joy." In the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's what he wants to get um, to Rome eventually to preach. Um, I believe Paul wanted to get to Rome real badly because that was the capital of the Gentile world. And Paul was the gospel, uh, uh, the, the apostle to the Gentiles. I mean, it was the... Um, it was the uh, place to be as far as uh, with his gospel. And of course, he did end up there. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. And I believe that he's referring to the Jews there. The Ephesian church was a Jewish congregation. There were Gentiles there, of course, but he preached the kingdom of God. He also preached the grace of God there. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I'm pure from the blood of all men. Uh, for I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. And of course, he's talking to the elders there in Ephesus to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And we talked last time, uh, spent quite a bit of time there, the word flock. Is, is a very distinctive Jewish analogy. Um, 
It's referring um, in Luke uh, 6, I mean, Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The word flock is used exclusively uh, in the Gospels, um, the Hebrew epistles, and it's referring to uh, the nation of Israel. And we did mention that it is used um, one time, um, but it's not in reference to uh, the nation of Israel. Um, let's see, where was it? It's used in uh, in Galatians, I think, is where it was. Uh, in First Corinthians, the word "flock" only occurs one time in Pauline epistles. Uh, in context, it has nothing to do with the nation of Israel. Uh, the word "flock." Uh, we also even looked at the word "shepherd." Uh, the word "shepherd" is not used in Pauline epistles at all. Uh, Paul never uses those analogies. They are for the nation of Israel. Um, And he says that the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased in his own blood. Um, And the church of God spoken of here, obviously, he's referring specifically here to uh, to the Ephesian church. Um, I believe he's referring more so to the remnant of Israel, who he purchased with his own blood. And like I said last time, I believe we need to be careful in our words. Uh, Words do have meaning. (laughs) Um, That word purchased means to redeem. It means to buy back. Uh, I believe that's referring specifically to the nation of Israel. Uh, Israel. Uh, was the one that went a-whoring after other gods. Israel was the one that that turned its back. Israel was God's firstborn. Israel uh, was the one that was carried away into captivity because of their idolatry. Um, and the word salvation, on the other hand, it's a gift. It was given as a result of the cross. Um, redemption, I think, is Old Testament uh, language referring to the nation of Israel. Again, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna cr- criticize a redeemed Baptist church today, but I, I just think we need to be careful with our language. Uh, I'm beginning to believe that redemption refers to Israel, and salvation refers to the body of Christ. And um, we we gave some reasons last time. I'm not gonna go over that. And then we end up into verse 29. For I know. This, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. The word grievous, if you um, look that up, uh, the word grievous means weighty. Um, it, um, let's see, in the KJV Plus here, um, it means um, burdensome. Grave, heavy, weighty. Uh, in other words, they will be dangerous, so much so that they will not be easily resisted, is what he's saying. They're not going to be easily resisted at all. Um, Barnes, who I, uh, I I love Barnes, and I found the other day that on eSword, which by the way you can download for free, eSword, eSword is a free um a Bible study software program, which which I love. Um, I found out the other day that you can actually get Bullinger. 
uh, E.W. Bullinger's The Companion Bible um, on eSort. Um, and I've already, excellent resource. Understand, I'm not teaching anything new. <laughs> Nothing new uh, at all. Um, um, I remember one time, I I guess it was C.H. Spurgeon in his, his uh, Bible college there in England, he accused one of his students of stealing one of his sermons. And uh, the student said, I didn't steal your sermon. I, I got this from somebody else. And he's, no, you took that from me. And, of course, the student pointed out where he got it, and lo and behold, Spurgeon had stole the sermon. Uh, we all steal sermons. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun, nothing new at all. You know, if, if you're preaching something new, it's probably heresy. Uh, <laughs> but Bullinger is, a, is, is an old uh, right divider, um, and uh, I mean, it's free, by the way, on eSword. You can download that. Uh, already proved to be an invaluable resource to me. I uh, love his point of view there. But he says that uh, Barnes points out that the term wolves is used to denote enemies of the flock, false, hypocritical, dangerous teachers, just like the ones that were, were referred to in Matthew ten sixteen. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Paul knew that they were going to be attacked after he left, but not from the outside, but from within. And of course, I believe he's referring to fellow Jews. Uh, and that's who he's addressing here. He's, he's addressing the Jews in Ephesus, and he says, you're going to be attacked by your fellow Jews, unbelieving Jews, Notice also it says that they will enter in among you. They will enter in among you. This seems to imply that this would not be a full frontal assault, but more of an infiltration that will take place. And I have no doubt, uh, I have no doubt that this is the case when it comes to church life today as that it usually does come from within. I, I served on pastoral staff for five, six, seven years. I pastored a church for 12 years. And um, it's, it, it, the, the conflict, the, the heresy, the, the problems do not necessarily come in. I mean, they all come in from the outside at some point, but they, they get in among the people. They they sit, they smile, they greet, and then they slowly start subverting uh, anyone and everyone that they can. Uh, the word subvert means to undermine. You know, I don't always agree with the pastor. You know, what the pastor's saying, you know what, if you don't agree with the pastor, leave. Uh, don't try to take people down with you. But that's not our human nature. Our human nature um, is, is to try to take somebody with us. And I found, I remember years ago, there was this uh, independent fundamental pastor named Jerry Brown. And he preached a, a, um, a message called Blowing the Whistle on the Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and he went through uh, the all the wolves that are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, I forget what it was, grievous wolves. Uh, there's three different type wolves in the Bible, but 
he starts talking about the behavior of a wolf. For example, the Akela, which is the wolf that uh, is the, he's the head wolf. He's the one that's out front. And he had a friend or he read something that, you know, talked about the characteristics of this Akela. Um, number one, he, he fought to get there. He killed somebody to get there. Uh, that position within a wolf pack is won by battle. It's won by fighting to get there. Um, he talked about that the Akela always has a female <laughs> that uh, is the head female. And he, he said that the, when they studied wolves, the wolf kept the head wolf because he's always out front leading the pack and he keeps cutting his head to the left and he keeps cutting his head to the right. And, and for as he's leading the pack and for many years, he said, and again, I, you know, I've read a little bit about it, but I'm not going to write a book on it. But he said that, you know, for years they thought he was looking back to make sure that the pack was behind him. Uh, but what they came to understand is he wasn't looking at the pack. He was looking for that female. Uh, she was actually deciding which way to go. <laughs> so, so again, I mean, I can tell you the 99% of my problems in the church came from the, uh, the female persuasion. Uh, I can write a sermon about that later. Um, the guys are just, you know, we just punch each other in the face and get over it. But, uh, um, you know, I, yeah, I can get in trouble there. You know, being in the corporate world for years, the biggest enemy to ladies at work is other ladies at work. Uh, most men could care less. Um, I hate to say that, but it's true. They they fight and they're jealous and they undermine each other. They subvert each other. Um, I mean, it's just, it's sad to watch. They're, they're their own biggest enemy when it comes to the corporate world. I can promise you that. Um, but anyway, there's this female that's leading him. Um, and then also, he sleeps up over. He, he sleeps on a layup. He doesn't sleep among the pack. He gets up over the top so he can watch his back. Um, and so he can keep an eye on him. And, you know, for, uh, you know, the average observer, they think, well, he's just being the watchdog. You know, he's watching. I know he's, he's up there so nobody can come up behind him and take his position. <laughs> so, and, and he talked about how that uh, you can spot a wolf in the church. Uh, because of that behavior, uh, people will gather around them. People will um, be drawn to them. Uh, they don't go to the people. The people come to them, you know, and um, he's got a strong female that's uh, that's causing the problems. He's uh, anyway, the guy did a whole sermon. I mean, it was pretty awesome. If you probably look it up. It's probably it's uh, blowing the whistle on the wolves by Dr. Jerry Brown. Uh, but wolves do come in, and uh, they undermine the authority of the pastor. That's what they do. They undermine the authority of the pastor. And notice that they, from within again, will speak perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Um, the word subvert means to undermine. The word perverse or perverse is to distort, to corrupt, to misinterpret. Um, 
they speak uh, distorted things, corrupt things, misinterpreted things to draw people away after themselves. Um, and that's what Paul is warning them about. These guys would come up from within, and this is what they were going to do. And they still do it today. With that said, the church today is simply not teaching doctrine. Everything else, but not doctrine. Um, the um, That's why I think that um, we have to speak nothing but the truth every time we get in the pulpit. Because understand, the enemy is working against you. It's not enough just to casually mention doctrine. I believe that is missing in the church today. I mean, the enemy is actively trying to blur the lines between right and wrong. And even from within, they're trying to do it. And I think that's why it's so important. Doctrine, 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 doctrine. You talk to the average Christian today, they do not know doctrine. They do not know how to rightly divide the word of truth. They're clueless because they're going to these little shallow churches where they're getting 40 minutes worth of worship music and you know and they're getting like a 20 minute sermonette for christian ads on how to have a good marriage you know well good luck with that because there's not that many verses <laughs> that deal with that subject so they're pulling verses from Larry Crabb and uh and uh uh the you know these other uh, psychologists on the radio they're not getting it out of scripture we need to be teaching doctrine was jesus god what is the atonement what is the deity what does that mean uh what is um you know inerrancy what does that mean because that's the things that's what the devil is trying to kick out from under the church uh, is doctrine. It needs to be taught. One pastor said it this way, even though I have been reared in a denominational system, I eventually realized that I had been taught very little doctrine. I had been taught about my Baptist religion, that Christ died for my sins. Sin in my life would keep me from having a good relationship with God. To attend, to attend church regularly and to abstain from doing many things. Don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with girls that do. To give my tithes and to witness to the lost. All of these things were supposed to make me a better Baptist, a better Christian. Furthermore, I had not been taught how to study the unique ministry of Paul, the mystery about the body of Christ, the difference between the gospel Peter preached and the gospel Paul preached, that they were diff that there were different inheritances, heavenly and earthly, and how to rightly divide the word of truth. That to me is the only way to counter these wolves. And I believe that's exactly what Paul is saying to these guys. You need to teach. You need to be faithful as I have been faithful to you because the wolves will come after my departure. They will rise from within you and they will try to subvert, to undermine everything that I've said and they will try to pervert 
everything that I've said. And the, the only way to counter that is to teach the Word of God. And he said, therefore, watch. And remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. So he's saying, in lieu of the wolves that will come, watch and remember. Watch for them and remember what I taught you in regards to these inevitable dangers that will come. And again, Paul says he spent, three, he spent more time with the Ephesians than anyone else in his ministry. And he says that during that time, I ceased not to warn every one of you night and day with tears. The word warn means to set in place, to put in mind, to caution, to reprove, to admonish. That is what we need to be doing. Every time we get together, we need to be admonishing, setting in place, putting in mind, cautioning, reproving. We need to be actively contending for the faith and not giving little sappy sad stories in jokeathon hours and giving three-part sermons on how to have a great marriage. I mean, sure, those are nice, but you but you you have to give doctrine to the people. You need to be teaching systematic theology in your churches. And that's what's missing. Our, our people are a mile wide and about half an inch deep in their knowledge of the Bible. That's what Paul says is the only way you're going to be able to endure. You're going to be able to root out these grievous wolves that are going to come in, not sparing the flock. It's the only way. You know, and, and I look around at what's going on right now. I mean, you know, like that debate debacle last night. <laughs> you know? My only answer to that, the only thing I can do is affect the people that are around me. And the best way for me to affect the people around me is to give them the gospel of the grace of God. That is the best thing that I can do. It's, you know, and that's what I'm going to do. That's what I've decided to do. So teach the word of God, warning them night and day with tears, just like Paul did to with the Ephesian church. So anyways, uh, sure was good to have you guys uh, with me again this morning. God bless you, brothers. Um, appreciate your prayers. I'm feeling so much better. Um, tomorrow we'll get down into uh, verse number 32, and I, I hope that you guys have an awesome day. Bless you.